This is the Magic Word Podcast.com. Good morning. Scott Wells here for the Magic Word Podcast.com, and it is uh, day two that's getting kicked off the official full day two. You've heard really the pre-convention activities and uh, day one with the report that came in yesterday. And now we're in the coffee shop uh, just kind of talking a little bit about what's been going on and uh, yesterday and Sunday. And I thought you'd like to hear it from uh, one of the registrants then as well. Here's a friend of the Magic Word, Matthew Alexander. Hey, Matt. Good morning, Scott. Good to see you. And good seeing you then as well. I am... Uh, Looking forward to having some bacon eggs here. I'm getting kind of hungry already. But uh, So tell me, we were just talking about Charlie Fry, and you were saying you, anything Charlie does, what were you saying? Oh, I, I just love anything he does. Uh, I mean, the pandemic was a horrible thing, but when he was putting out that regular content, uh, content I, I just ate that up. And, and uh, he's funny and talented, and uh, you and I were saying his, uh, thank you very much, his not... Fabulous. His knowledge of uh, you know magic history and, and technique and everything is is stunning. Um, yeah, it's, it's it was a, just a joy to watch him yesterday. Yeah, I've always been a fan. I said not always. I was first introduced to him many years ago because I was looking. I was booking some talent for the Texas Association of Magicians convention. And uh, Stan Allen, I was a convention editor at the time for Magic Magazine, and Stan said, you ought to consider booking Charlie. And I said, Charlie who? You know, and, and when he came to the convention, it's like, man, I don't know where I've been, but I, I, our paths haven't crossed, but it's kind of like he's one of my favorite guys also. Very good lecture that he gave then yesterday, too. What was the other lecture or session that you saw, focus group? Did you see uh, John Bannon? or yes. the, Okay. Yeah, I went to John Bannon, and uh, I, I, I am familiar with some of his publications, but I'd never actually uh, seen a lecture or seen, seen him in person, and so I, I, thought, I thought that was great. He, he presented some really solid material and, uh, you know, an, another great lecture and uh, just a, a great first day. The, the show in the evening was fantastic as well. I, I did the close-up uh, experience, uh, which, which I'm, I'm sure will end up being a, a highlight when everything's all done. Um, and uh, the, the main stage show last night I thought was, was fantastic. So It really was. Uh, from start to finish all the way through, the, uh, the one fellow whose name I can't pronounce is a French name, who I think is going to be in one of the focus groups today, is, uh, was a, uh, uh, a FISM winner, Grand Prix winner. That, that, um, that was just a treat. It was, uh, honestly, it was almost like watching a little... Uh, special effects movie <laughs> but a live stage presentation um, it it was uh, funny and engaging and um, explain exactly what that was it seemed first of all kind of like a vignette someone said it seemed like not that it went on too long but it was longer than your normal competition act so it's like he had expanded this to a full well, I'd say kind of a show it was probably about at least 12 minutes uh, of the show, maybe 15, and I could have gotten more of this. I mean, but but explain kind of from your perspective what the act was. Yeah, it it, uh, it, it was a, a fellow that seemed to be you know kind of working on something um, uh, in front of a, a board, and 
basically there was a, uh, a piece of paper or a cloth or something that it came was, to life. It was on the cork board. He took yes. it off and wadded it up. Yeah, and and, and it, it came to life and it, it it had a personality and it moved around the stage and it jumped in and out of boxes and it it, it uh, transported and uh, it was it was funny and. You know, I'm I'm sure all of us are speculating on how some of it was done, but um, you, you didn't really care because it was just so much fun, and you, you saw animations uh, of a style and quality that I'd never experienced before. And and like you said, it it it, it was more than just a little vignette. It, it really was a. I would. I, I think it went on longer than 12 minutes. Uh, it, it was great. I, I absolutely loved it. Um, what a way to kick off the show. It was really great. Yeah, imagine a dancing Hank, in a way, but it was using various methods, I guess, basically, because he would do different things to discount, make sure that it wasn't string, the way he'd walk in front of it, or it would go under his legs, or over his shoulder, around his back. I mean, so he's obviously using some different methods and everything there, but as you said, Matt, it seemed like that everything was really coming to life and had a character of its own. And what really killed me was a couple things. One, as you said, it kind of transposed. He would throw it in an empty box and it popped out of another box on the other side of the stage and back and forth. And then when he actually closed the box and he threw the thing away, the box jumped up into his hands, up into his arms, across the stage, 20 feet. Amazing. Yeah, it, it was it was spectacular. I, I just... Uh, I grinned through the whole thing. Yeah. And, uh, um, you know, I, I would love to... Watch it again and again. I'd, I'd like to see it in the wings, just to, to to appreciate it from a whole different level about all the uh, mechanism. I mean, that's not something he just walks on stage with a deck of cards and does, you know, in act. I mean, that takes a little setup. The other one, I like the uh, lady that was the uh, juggler. She had a really pleasant personality, and her smile and her eyes, her her uh, choreography and everything. Uh, it was just one of the best juggling acts I've seen. Yeah, we, we've seen her at the castle a few times, uh, and so I was delighted uh, when I heard her name and she came on stage, and um, it's a great act. It's it's fun, uh, it's a little cheeky, um, uh, and, and, you know, the way the way that she ended it with the straight jacket routine and the song, I thought was, uh, that's not something that I remember from her castle act. Um but she, yeah, she's she's fabulous. It was I was really glad to see her included. Yeah, it was pretty uh, a great day to kick off. Uh, someone had said to me yesterday, this doesn't seem to have the excitement or luster that one that uh, Magic Life had last year. And I said, I would I don't agree with that. I think first of all we had a great kickoff with every activity that happened. But I'm wondering if perhaps this gentleman who has said that to me perhaps might be referring to the fact that we were just coming off of COVID and everybody. For the first time in two years, we were able to see each other, shake hands, hug each other, have some face-to-face conversations instead of Zoom. And so it did have a little bit different kind of energy because of that, which we'll never have again, any convention. I think it just happened to be that particular year. But as far as the rest of the talent, I don't think he was diminishing the talent that was on because, uh, my gosh, what a way to uh, start day one. Yeah, I um, I would agree with that, I think. Uh, to, to me, last year's... Aside from being at a different time of year, which is a little well, which was May, that's right. Yeah, uh, but I, I do think there was a little bit of a different energy of just being able to be at a convention. Yeah. Um, but um, you know, honestly, there's uh, from the what went on at the convention. I, I, I remember having a great time, but there isn't anything that necessarily 
jumps out uh, as a recollection. Um, I think you know the last night's show uh, is going to stick with me for a while, and um, and like I said, I, I just seeing Charlie. Uh, in person, I, I have seen him at the castle before, um, but it's been quite a while. Yeah. And um, uh, I, I, to me, I, I, I think this has been a, a great first day. And if it, uh, you know, if it even just peeps up at this pace, I'm going to be thrilled. If it goes up from here, good lord! <laughs> so, yeah. Well put. That's a good recap over there of what happened yesterday. Well, Matt, always good to see you. Thanks very much. My pleasure, Scott. Good to see you, too. Thanks. Thank you very much also for uh, becoming a friend of the Magic Word, as you have been for over the years. And also, I want to welcome a new member or a friend of the Magic Word, and that's uh, Mark Matsumoto. And his name is Mark Matsumoto. Thank you very much, Mark, for your patronage, uh, I should say donation, then also to the Magic Word podcast. And uh, for anybody else who happens to see me while you're here uh, at Magic Live, and are listening to this in real time, I certainly would appreciate if you want to just give me a cash donation while you're here that you don't necessarily have to pledge, although that's always wonderful. So I know that what I've got coming in from month to month that helps defray our different expenses that we have associated with the convention, or I should say the podcast, which includes attending these conventions and uh, staying here, travel, et cetera, et cetera. So thank you guys very much, and thank you, Matt, again, for our, uh, your help and uh, look forward to a great convention as we continue into day two. That was Matt Alexander, Scotty Allen. We are waiting in line for the uh, morning show here, which is going to be the general session, and I don't know what's going to be going on. We spoke with Juliana Ng on the first night. She said she was going to be the host on uh, day one, but I don't know who's hosting today, so it'll be kind of also going to be a surprise, and will be unfolded soon. But I'm right here now with a couple of people whose voices you've heard perhaps on the previous episode. If not, why not? You should go back and listen to these guys. Uh, I entitled it Toes in the Sand <laughs> with the Zubricks. There's uh, Chris uh, Zubrick. Chris, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? <laughs> and Ryan. Hello. So good to see you guys. So you come all the way from Florida, St. Petersburg over here, to, uh, to the convention. And you just, you're hanging out, seeing some shows as well as the convention? That's right. So we're dark this week, and we yeah. decided to come out here to Vegas to to Magic Live. This is our second only time to Magic Live. We were here four years ago, had a fantastic time, and uh, wanted to come back and check it out again. Are you sticking around for another day or two, or are you going to go back and work? We have to get back to uh, shows on Friday. We have two shows on Friday and one on Saturday and Sunday. Well, that's one of the uh, cool things, I think, about this particular convention. And one of the reasons that Sand has it during the weekday is because it does encourage people like you and Ray Anderson and other people like Nestor's Follies who are working on weekends. Uh, and that way they come during the weekday and hang out, you know, and see the, this convention. Absolutely. I mean, it's the who's who of magic here right now, and we're just, uh, we're really enjoying, uh, you know, well, meeting new people and uh, And you two people friends. are part of the who's who also, you know, the glitterati of the magic, I think. So. I think that's too kind of you. Yes. Well, I mean that sincerely. It's, it's, I, it's an honor to be your friend. Uh, so uh, how's the show going, by the way, then, at the theater? Uh, it's it's tremendous. Uh, yeah. It's, far exceeded our expectations. We've enjoyed uh, every minute of it. Yep. It's a labor of love for sure. And Ryan, tell me about Oliver. I understand he's part of the show now. He is. He's starting first grade this week and yeah, he swings into the show whenever he wants to. He has his own little act and uh, he was on the news the other morning. Really? So, yes. <laughs> was he doing a trick or just he talking? Did. Yes, yeah, no, okay. he did a trick. What did he do? Yeah. He has a small little square circle prop that he pulls some things out of, stuffed animals and yeah. some of his stuff. So it's cute. That's cool. So I'm sure he's got to be pretty popular. I'm sure people probably, by the videos you were showing of him before, saying you need to put him in the show, and you finally did. Yes, we did. He enjoys it. (laughs) 
So what's been the uh, favorite thing that, Ryan, you've seen so far here? I mean, we've only had like a day of this, but what have you... Uh... I thought the show last night was amazing. I was very entertained and inspired, so that was my favorite thing so far. Yeah. You know, at this uh, general session, I'm really looking forward to uh, hearing Harrison Greenbaum talk. Uh, hilarious. hilarious. Yes. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I am too. Did you buy his book by chance? I, I, I have not uh, purchased it yet, but I plan to because... They may be running out because I bought the first night because he was uh, uh, not gonna, he was working the uh, Mad Apple uh, thing, but they said you should probably buy your book early because it, they may run out before. And so I don't know how many copies they've got, but you might check. Did you happen to see him at the uh, Mad Apple show? I have not seen not get the No, I, li- I want to. Either, have you? So I know. Okay. You're just in and out, like I said, just for this. <laughs> That's okay. right. That's right. Well, speaking of In-N-Out, that was the first thing I did. Is I went to In-N-Out Hamburger while I was here, so <laughs> enjoyed one of those. That was really good. Yeah, so this has been a lot of fun. So you've been getting any sleep at all? Excuse me. Well, no. Absolutely not. I think we stayed up last night until about 4.30 in the morning and okay. uh, woke up at 8.30 this morning. So, you know. We kind of get used to that, I think, as an entertainer, you know, a lot of times. Of but having... I am holding a, a cup of coffee right now, so that's helping me. Uh, stay Is that your here. second? Or uh, I'm, I'm not going to discuss that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's always good seeing you guys, and I uh, hope you continue to enjoy the convention. Thanks for having us on. So with the Magic Word Podcast, that was Chris and Ryan Zubrick. Scotty out. The morning of uh, the uh, session, is general session, is about to start. We were just talking with the Zubriks over there a moment ago while we were standing in line. We were down in the theater, and you hear the background noises. Everyone is getting seated. We've still got just about 15 minutes before the showtime. And seated next to me uh, here right now is someone that you've heard before on the podcast, and also perhaps if you've listened to the Magic and Martinis Thursday during uh, lockdown, uh, he was one of my guests during the holiday uh, time then, too. And that's my buddy and yours, trade show magician and kid show magician and all-around bon vivant. Here he is, Danny Orleans. Hey, Danny. Hey, Scott. <laughs> it's great to be sitting next to you, third row center. We got great seats, great seats right now. This is great. And speaking of great, the convention has been great pretty so far. What have you enjoyed that kind of stands out Gosh, for the first uh, day? A few things uh, stand out. Well, we've had one evening and one full day. Yep. Um, some things that really stood out for me was a terrific interview um, uh, well, the lecture by Lance Rich on the history of magicians in Las Vegas, specifically going all the way back to the very beginning. He was actually able to determine who the very first ma- magician was that ever did a show in Las Vegas. And, and, and contrary to popular belief, and I say popular because it's now known that Gloria Day was the first one to work at right. casino, and uh, she just had passed after her 100th birthday. But Prior to that, in the 1800s, before there was a casino or a hotel here, right. there were two or three, four magicians who are kind of lost yeah, to obscurity. he, like, went through old newspaper articles yeah. and found Tracked proof. them down over the world. It was fabulous, yeah. and he had great images and video and... Uh, you know, it was, it was just fantastic. That it was, was such really good. a good lecture. So well put together. So classy. You know, it, it, it's so amazing how Stan Allen always manages to put together this highly creative, very original kind of programming that aren't necessarily magic tricks to perform or learn, but just to learn about magic and, and the history where, where we're all coming from. It's great. Which was the, again, going back to the fact that this theme is called Beginnings, and so they do keep driving that home. Even with the uh, the, the, uh, the man tags, the badges, yeah, yeah. they've asked uh, us to, if you want to submit like a picture of yourself 
of an early uh, promo shot or something. I so. meant to do that. It got away from me. <laughs> I, I got here. I thought I had done it, but they didn't have it didn't on have file. It. So. Didn't have it. That book, by the way, Neon Dreams by Lance Rich, is available. Right. Uh, I'm not sure where that you can get that, but uh, if you... Yeah, Neon Dreams, right, and it's a whole... It, it looked beautiful when he held it up from the stage. Yep, A yep. beautiful book with color photos of, of the history of magicians in Las Vegas. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and then also, uh, you said Ben Seidman. You enjoyed his show then last evening? Yeah, Ben Seidman is such a thinker and is such original magic. But what's most amazing about him, for me, is his ability to do just straight stand-up comedy. Yes. And, uh, and you know, as a corporate magician myself, I'm really in awe of him because he is, like, perfect for the corporate audience, you know, corporate market. Perfect. He is. And he is able to work in a room uh, kind of in an impromptu basis and respond to what people are saying I mean, he's in the moment if you will yeah. and his magic is so creative so different and outstanding that people are just having their jaws drop to the floor it's amazing yeah, yeah. the other job. thing that really stood out for me in the dealer room was the trick called Enigma did you see that? no oh yeah what is that? Uh, it, it is a mentalism effect where essentially the performer has holds his hands out, fingertips towards you. You put your fingertips on his fingertips, and he tells you to think of a word, any word in the English language, yeah. and he tells you what it is. What? It's crazy. Yes, it is. He has to very few questions, uh, essentially just about um, uh, about you know whether the first word. Uh, the first letter in the word has, has curves in it or not, or straight lines to make the letter, and then where the vowels are in the word. And, uh, he, but he, does, he is able to obtain this information in a very subtle way through the fingertip touching. It's a fantastic trick. Um, I was really blown away by it, and I saw him do it for Chris Angel, and Chris Angel was blown away by it. Wow. And uh, he did it for a couple of big Eric Mead, was really impressed with it also. It's called Enigma. Enigma, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of dealers there, and they got a lot of really interesting things. One of the things Stan always does with the dealers is requires, that, well, pretty much requests, I guess, they introduce something here at this convention for the first time that makes it even more special. Yes. And one thing I bought, I actually bought, was Brett Barry's new book. Uh, it's, a, it's a book test about wine. And the coolest, did you see it? I, no, I've heard about this. The I, coolest I think... thing in it is that it has wine stains in it on every page, <laughs> okay. as though you spilled a little bit of wine. Yeah. And he turns those into Rorschach tests. How cool. So he, you open, the spectator opens the book, looks at the wine stain, imagines what they see in the wine stain, which could be anything, right? Because sure. it's a Rorschach test. It's right. open to interpretation. Sure. And Brett nails it on the first try, what they're wow. thinking of. Wow. Very cool. Very cool trick. And the, the book also does like three or four other kinds of tricks in terms of determining a word or a, or a photograph or a caption on a photograph. So that was excellent. Uh, what was that trick called, the, the book test? I love a good book test. Uh, and I have, Wine in Mind, Wine I, in think, mind. I think, is the name Brett of the Barry. book. Brett Barry. Yeah, I saw him at the airport when we were waiting for our Uber, and he was talking about this. I said, oh, man, you got to come. It sounds fantastic. So it is. I just haven't had a chance to get around. When I've been in the dealer's room, I've been doing this on the podcast. He's talking to people yep. as I've been kind of walking around. It's hard to walk down one row without seeing so many friends, you know. Yeah, that's, that's the best thing about Magic Live 
you know, the main reason, I, I mean, I come for the magic, but I enjoy the friendships I've made. Yeah. And especially now, come, you know, now that we're kind of done with COVID, all these friendships I made during COVID on Zoom, now seeing the people live, it's just wonderful. So uh, how are things going with uh, Chicago Magic Lounge? You know, uh, I, contrary to popular belief, I do not own the Chicago Magic Lounge. People <laughs> yeah. sometimes think Joey I Cranford's do. Joey Cranford's a man. Joey Cranford and Don Clark own the Chicago Magic Lounge. But my wife, as you know, Jan Rose, the incredible Jan Rose. Yeah, the incredible. Uh, she is the MC there. She does six shows a week. And she... Uh, she reports back to me. I don't. I only get there maybe once a month. <laughs> okay. But um, yeah, and I perform there maybe twice a year. But she's there constantly, and it is gangbusters. Every night sold out. That's seven nights a week, nine shows a week, plus an occasional kid show once or twice a month. Yeah. And it is sold out, sold out, sold out. It's doing great. Who's uh, currently in residence there? Um, Hennick. Uh, Hennick is there um, doing his show every Wednesday night right. for like two to three months. And uh, and there's some other really good surprise performers coming up in the future, I've heard. That sounds great. Yeah. Danny, always good talking with you. I'm glad that uh, you have to be sitting next to me. We'll enjoy another great session here this morning. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Yeah, me too. Thanks, Scott. Good so, to talk to you. And you too, buddy. For the Magic Word Podcast, that is Danny Orleans. Scotty out. We just finished the morning session, or I did, as being purple uh, lanyards. They're white lanyards and purple lanyards. We explained uh, th- that uh, earlier in the uh, in, in the podcast episode. But uh, right now, I am with someone who is going to be a presenter later. Have you done one already today, or have you, uh, is it, it's tomorrow? Yeah, it's tomorrow. It's tomorrow. Okay. Yeah, tomorrow. So he is someone that you will be hearing from soon, and that's Matt O'Neill. Hey there, Matt. How's it going? That's fantastic. I tried to bother you during your burrito no, no meal worries. here. It's, it's Taco Tuesday as we talk. Yeah. So <laughs> he's having a, a burrito. But I wanted to chat with him while I had a chance. Uh, we had um, uh, worked together with uh, Masters of Illusion uh, last year when we first met. He's one of the juniors also from the Magic Castle. What's what's that like? How many well, people are in there? Not anymore. I know. Well, you're not a junior anymore. I'm so but. happy about that. It's, it's I've been waiting. <laughs> You've advanced. Yeah, six years to be able to come to the club at night and be able to hang out and uh, and watch the shows and hang out in the library with Bill Goodwin, Joe Fox, and all those, all those folks. But junior program changed my life forever. Um, there's so many like there's so many amazing opportunities that you can get, and it, the best thing about it is it's not a school. You go there and you can choose to take advantage of the opportunities or not. So, um, for example, I um, hold the record in the junior program for the most consecutive auditions before they let me perform brunch. <laughs> okay. um, and so I actually have kind of a funny story about it. Oh, well, um, let's hear it. Um, <laughs> uh, the, so the reason I did so many auditions was because uh, I didn't listen to anybody's notes or critiques or advice. In fact, I, I thought, like, I did my first act, and it was like a gambling demonstration card magic, um, my first 20-minute set that I put ever put up. And they gave me some notes on it. They gave me some ways to improve. And in my mind, I went, all right, card magic doesn't work. Let me learn hypnosis. So I learned a new style of magic for each month. And I only had about two weeks to prepare, and obviously two weeks is not enough time to make an act uh, that you're going to put up at the castle. So um, it ended up not working. But the worst audition I've ever done, by far, was the hypnosis mentalism style show, which ironically is my style now. But my first deep dive into mentalism, I was obsessed with Darren Brown. I discovered him, and I had a brilliant idea, Scott. Brilliant idea. I was going to go out on stage, not even address the audience, not even introduce myself. I would just take a card and hand it to someone with this mysterious look on my face. 
and I would, yeah, I would get someone up and I'd do an induction, so they'd be down. And how old were you? Like at 16? Oh, I must have been. I was 16. Yeah, I was 16. I have a video of this. Oh my lord! <laughs> but um, I'm not. I'm not going to show. Everyone's going to make me show that video at some point. But essentially, this is my idea. I thought I could get someone under in uh, you know after an induction and I would tell the audience okay so sir on stage I'd like you to think of your favorite card and then I would lean in, lean in a whisper the four of spades and so the audience would hear think of your favorite card but the person on stage would hear think of your favorite card the four of spades and so when he came up and say name your favorite card and he'd say four of spades and then the um the, the person who was holding the card at the beginning would the prediction would match. I thought it was great. But Scott, I'm going to give you some advice. And to all the listeners at home, I'm going to give you some expert advice on performing magic. Do not, <laughs> under any circumstances, attempt a stage whisper in the close-up gallery of the Magic Castle. Because not only did everybody hear me whisper, four of spades, but the guy... <laughs> literally came out of the trance looked up at me and we're now staring each other dead in the eyes for a good few seconds and I panic I have no idea what to do so I in a moment of pure instinct I wrapped I put my hand around the back of his neck and I pushed his head back down (laughs) as if (laughs) and then continue back into your trance exactly that's pretty much what happened so um, and you know they're very nice to you when they give you critiques so at the end of the uh, at the end of the routine Diana Zimmerman she said Matthew that was so bad it was insulting Um, and basically ripped into me really hard and so but you know I still didn't learn my lesson, but eventually, but my persistence, I think I just ran out the clock on them, and they were just like, just stop auditioning, just do the tricks. Eventually, I just did an act with the tricks that I really was good at and I liked doing, and they're like, finally, go. And um, Bob Dorian approved me a month early, which I'm really grateful for. But um, yeah, it was a a journey. It was quite... I thought you'd find that pretty amusing. Well, that is pretty amusing, and it finally made it. And as you said, now at the Magic Castle, you're an adult member, and you can uh, come at night and everything. Do you find it a little bit different as far as your experience going as an adult as opposed to a junior? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I don't... um well, if you, as a junior to go at night, you have to wear a white button. The bartenders won't serve you. I don't drink alcohol anyways, but it's um, it's nice that I can... You know, before I turned 21, I used to, I used to have my own... Uh, it wasn't my show, but I was the, the quote-unquote ringmaster of this uh, circus show and its dinner theater, and I did my own illusion number. Um, and the show was from 9, 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. on Saturday nights. And after 10 p.m., I'm like, I wish I could go to the castle right now, but I couldn't because yeah. I was underage. Yeah. Um, so eventually when I turned 21, it's just nice to be able to finish up a gig and then have somewhere to hang out because yeah. you're still adrenalized from the gig. Right. So it's nice. Well, there's so many things I'd like to talk with you about, and I wish we had time, but there are, we're kind of going on around uh, and uh, flitting about the conventions and just having some quick chats with people. One thing I want to talk with you about is since you're going to be a presenter, yeah. uh, which is unusual, I don't think we've had many people of your age uh, – who have uh, given presentations, and you're going to be talking about memorizations, name, name memorization. Absolutely, it's um, yeah, it's an amazing honor to be able to do that. Rick really gave me a great opportunity here, but yeah, we're talking about name memorization, and uh, I'm going to be doing my memorization act where I can, I'm just going to try to memorize as many names as I possibly can. Thankfully, I'm going to have a half hour to do it, so that's going to be nice. Uh, not to call out the names, but to learn the names yeah. before the show um, while people are being sad. But yeah, I'm just going to talk about. Hopefully, I can convey the impact of remembering someone's name yep. and how it makes someone feel, and I th- and and really emphasize how critical it is to 
do that in order to truly, uh, I guess, show that you're respecting your audience. Yeah, really is the sweetest sound. As I said, no one likes to hear anything better than your own name because people perk up when you mention their name or something. I mean, just as you were walking down the hallway, I hollered at you, you know, and you were uh, yeah, 50 feet away. Yeah. <laughs> you so. turned around. I uh, certainly like to hear that. And you said that you have taken Harry Lorraine's method and kind of put it on steroids. Um, I wouldn't say put it on steroids. I would say, actually, I, I, I cheated it out and did the bare minimum um, because <laughs> Harry Lorraine's method is genuinely really hard. Um, I don't... I can't... I, you can't do it fast enough to learn 100 people unless you're a genius like Harry. Mm-hmm. So I basically... I took the idea of him associating it with a picture, and I realized you could really associate it with anything you want if you're trying to just convey your short-term memory. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, turning into the long-term memory, you might want to have a picture, or you might want to emotionally connect with it in some sort of memorable way, but it can be... you, You... It's more critical to find the neural pathway that is fastest for you, um, and expanding that and developing that and finding and understanding the way you think as opposed to try to mold yourself to the way someone else thinks. That's why I feel like people are so intimidated by what Harry was teaching, mm-hmm. um, even though it is brilliant and absolutely effective and useful. But it's, um, yeah, I'd call it I'd call it adjacent. I'd call it parallel um, in terms of it, but it's not... I, I learned what Harry did, and I realized you can't do it... I, I personally am not genius enough to do it quickly enough. Right. So I, I had to discover my own way so i guess the crux of the argument is when people want to do something they find a way to get good at it right and so i just want to i guess encourage people to give it a shot and i and trust that they will find a way to figure it out and and you're going to emphasize the importance of doing that and memorizing people's names because i think it would also lead to more work that you're going to get because people will people like to do work or do business with friends basically and you become a friend whenever that you remember their names course it's so it's so um people ask me like how do you like i'm doing magic full time i'm 21 years old i I make and i'm not like i guess quote unquote a starving artist i I make an okay living based off of the gigs i get and i think it's because people really appreciate the fact that i care about the relationship between them i make a strong effort to remember their their name and who they are and and stuff like that and it's you know i i I mean, every every presenter here is basically communicating the same thing, which is, like, f- put effort into what you're passionate about. Right, right. Well, I'm anxious to uh, hear this tomorrow, and it's always good to see you. <laughs> so for the Magic Word Podcast, that's Matt O'Neill. <laughs> Scotty out. As we're walking around, and uh, not even in the dealer's room there yet, but uh, still just in the hallway and uh, running into people all the time. And someone that I really love to talk with, and as I've told you before, I just love his accent. I mean, <laughs> you just have such a great, not just an accent, but also just the resonance of your voice. I just think, like I've said before, you just uh, have a great voice. And he's also the one you hear for Wizard Magic Review. Wizard Magic Review, formerly uh, Wizard Product Review. Yes. Wizard Product Review, that's right. You and what's the other guy's name? That, uh... Well, with, with Sean, Paul, um, I, I have lots of different presenters that are on there they kind of rotate these days Sean Hayden and Paul Longhurst okay. they're the regular hosts that tend to join me quite a lot to look at the latest products and, and it's by the way David Penn is the one <laughs> that's the uh, the voice you're hearing then right now uh, so uh, and as I recall also that you had like a Samoyed dog also didn't you that's right yes Blamo uh, who was originally on the show he passed away recently 
and uh, we, I've got a new dog now, Azra. They're both named after illusions, uh, but he is far too na- naughty. He will not sit on the couch. He will not sit still. We've tried it. It's just not happening. Is he a Samoyed also? Yes, he is, okay. yes. We had a Samoyed. I love it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, very gentle, very good-natured dogs. Right. So, you said you came uh, to Vegas a little bit early. You're going to be staying late, or how long are you here? And what no, have you seen? What did you do before the convention? As soon as the convention finishes, I'm heading home on the Thursday. I have a gig on the Friday night. I land in London, then I have to go straight to a gig, mm-hmm. something that's been in the diary for quite some time, and then a very busy Saturday the day after. But I was in town a whole week early, meeting up with friends, seeing so many shows, not just magic shows, but... What did you uh, see? Uh, uh, probably my highlight of the week was probably Absinthe. Uh, Jamie Allen said, you've got to see this show. We, we were roasted, absolutely roasted by the compere, the gazillionaire. It was great fun. We were apparently the two gay guys in the front row. and um, I, I was the aggressor, obviously. And, uh, and this was the sort of thing that went on relentless during the show. But it was a great show, just seeing... Uh, the acts, the immersive aspect to the show, all the acrobats and that kind of thing, so close up. It was brilliant. But I've seen Farrell Dillon, Jen Kramer, Chris Angel, Piff the Magic Dragon. I went to see AGT's show, which had some real highlights, but also a real low, uh, an absolute low for live production shows in uh, Vegas. Really? Uh, Celia Munoz... Uh, or Munoz uh, with the ventriloquist she was amazing uh, like unbelievable I was nearly moved to tears her voice was that incredible as she sang opera whilst doing ventriloquism this, this act was just so amazing Scott I can't put it into words I was hoping she was going to be at the convention um Mervant Vera from AGT. He's, uh, you know, a really hip, cool magician. He does uh, rapping while he does his set. But, uh, yeah, the real low that I spoke about is, well, the nature of the show, obviously it's a show for the populace audience. And I'm sure if you're an AGT fan, you're going to that show, and it absolutely delivers. You've seen so many of your favourite stars on stage. But their time's limited. But they chose to give time to one act, that when it was on the show, it was the silhouettes. And the silhouettes are basically dancers. And uh, they pull down a screen at the front, and the dancers are backstage, and they do the whole routine. I think it was the Greatest Showman, A Million Dreams song that was playing. I've forgotten a lot of it, because I was... Kind of angry <laughs> while I, I was kind of angry while I was watching it, but the whole thing was video projection. They weren't live dancers, what? so they literally just played a video with video projection. And the reason I could tell is I use video projection. I know about it, and the silhouettes were pixelated, so you know if you know anything about real life silhouette however big it gets, it's never pixelated right, on the right, screen. Right, right. So it was part of the video image. And uh, what was really bad and a new low was they then raised the screen at the end of the six-minute act. They raised the screen and in-house dancers were on the stage in leotards pretending they'd just done the act. Wow. And as I put in my Facebook review, there's so many great acts like Celia in the show. You know, give more time to in-person stars and... Stop cheating the Vegas audience out of live production. Wow. Wow. You know, I've heard of uh, people who are just going to be miming songs or something. And yeah. that's, that's one thing. But then actually to... The whole act's the whole faked. Act. Well, it's a fake, fake act. Wow, that's, that's sad. 
Well, on this convention, have there been some highlights that you have, uh, I mean, we've only really had about a day and a half or so, so what have you seen so far that uh, knocked you out? Just so, so many highlights, the, uh, the, well, just so many FISM award winners as well, the, uh, you know, the, the opening act of uh, the gala show, uh, Laurent. Yes, um, yes. You know, doing it. Do, it's the first time I've seen it, and people have described it well, to me before. You weren't last year, were you, for uh, FISM? No. Yeah. No, I wasn't there. Uh, but people have described it to me as like seeing a Pixar movie on stage, mm-hmm. and it really is. You know, Danny Buckler. I've known Danny since we were about 15 together, going to like very early conventions. And he compared the show, by the way. He absolutely smashed the gala show last night. Yeah. I've had so many people come up to me, being British, and saying, "Do you know that guy? You know who is he? He's, a, he's like the talk of the gala, talk of the gala show last night." Yeah. For and you know, absolutely smashed it. It was a great show. I enjoyed the juggler. Apologies, I can't remember her name. She's headlining at the Cosmopolitan, I think they said. She was fantastic. The Comedy Illusion Act. You know, so I, I felt the show last night, the opening show, was better than some shows that have closed Magic Live. I agree. Um, yeah, and I mean, to have that kind of a bar they have set right now for yeah. the next few, tonight and tomorrow night, wow. Even if it's equal, it's going to be great. <laughs> yeah, and I enjoyed seeing Simon's act in the uh, se- sessions as well, the general sessions in the morning. And Simon did his uh, Grand Prix close-up winning act right. with the Lincoln car. Simon Carnell. Right. Yeah, I really enjoyed watching that. It was just great to be in the room watching right. it. And he's so cool and so so in control while he's performing, you know. Now, you have Purple, so you were in the same act or same uh, session I was, in which that he, was, when he was cutting it out, it's like, oops, I cut a little bit too much, and he had a backup. Do you know so, what? That right. shows real pro what he was able to do that yeah. through with that. And do you know what I did? Huh. I went back for the second time because I didn't want that to be my memory of it okay. going wrong. Yeah. And him having for the afternoon sessions, timed it, and went back in just to see him do it again flawlessly. Yeah. Because I didn't want to, I didn't want that memory of it as well. Of and I could tell he was disappointed on stage, as we all would be. Sure. You know, I've done the general sessions and it's very high pressured and. You know, you've got people like, well, when I did it, David Williamson in the audience, you know, one of my idols, and Siegfried was in the audience. Right. And this is terrifying as a magician, no matter how much you've lectured, and you do want it to go absolutely flawlessly. Right, right. Uh, But, yeah, I went back to see Simon the second time, and I'm, I'm glad I did. And the dealers are really uh, great in here this year as well. How many dealers are there? Did you hear? Or, you know, I don't know. There, there seems like what 50, 50, 60 in I the would, room. That'd something be my like guess. That. Be about fifty or sixty. Are yeah. you deal? You have a. Booth I know. Or? I never deal at Magic Live. I always release my products at Blackpool. Blackpool yeah. Uh, you know, there's no shipping issues. It's a three-hour drive for me. Uh, I work at Blackpool. Blackpool's a, a work, working gig for me i never really see any of the shows normally i pick one event to go to magic live i'm taking the time out speaking to so many friends yeah and taking the time just to look around the dealers i'm where you caught me now i'm heading on in there <laughs> That's where we're going. it's one of the first days that it kind of calms down doesn't it and yeah. you get the time to actually stop and look but you it's so easy to just walk around that place and not actually take anything in you just walk around like there's so uh, many people that you're stopping to get to talk yeah, with, yeah. and today i'm going to try and make the effort to actually go in and stop one last question then as we kind of wrap up over here because of your uh, wizard product review i wonder if you have something that you have seen in the dealers although 
albeit you just said that you weren't able to really get around because we're talking to everybody else. If there's been something that you have seen that's kind of knocked you out that is either really good or something that's really not? Genuinely, I've seen nothing yet. I haven't had the time to really look around. That's that's what the next couple of hours is for. Oh, there we go. Okay. I'm heading on in there now. (laughs) If you want to know what I saw... Watch the Wizard Magic review. There we go. And people can find that where? Uh, on YouTube or on Facebook, World Magic Shop's Facebook page. But Wizard Magic review is uh, easily findable on YouTube. Please follow. There you go. Thank you very much, David. I appreciate Thanks. it. So Cheers, the Magic Scott. Word Podcast. That was David Penn, Scotty Ellis. Often at conventions, I like to uh, spend a few minutes talking with uh, people uh, who uh, operate some businesses or are working in businesses that are nearby the uh, hotel or somewhere in the area and something that's unique. Well, the Rocky Mountain Chocolate Factory is something that's very unusual, very unique. It's, the, uh, again, the Rocky Mountain Chocolate Factory, some place that not only sells chocolates, but also they have uh, candied apples of all different sizes and types. I say all sizes. I guess about the same size, but as you dip them, they get a little bit larger, obviously, so coat and then recoat different things that are on there, whether not only just caramel apples, as you normally heard, but also uh, different things that are dipped in uh, chocolate. So we got, I'm looking at Butterfinger, there's cookies and cream, there's, uh, of course, Rocky Road, uh, apple pie, and uh, cheesecake, uh, M&M, I mean, all different types of uh, chocolates, apples, and uh, or chap- <laughs> dipped apples, I should say. And I, uh, and also they just sell other regular kinds of chocolate. This is here in the Orleans Hotel, right near uh, the elevators when people come in. So, having said all that, <laughs> it sounds like I'm really doing an advertisement here for Rocky Mountain Chocolate Factory, but in a way I am because every time that I come to the uh, the Orleans, I always make it a point to come by and to uh, and to get an apple. And uh, rather than chocolates, they have a lot of other chocolates and turtles and millionaires and everything else and uh, here as well. So if you just like, if you got a sweet tooth, you need to uh, stop by here. But uh, first, I thought that we would talk with uh, someone who is the apple dipper herself. This is Sarah. Hi. So, uh, I, where's this the Magic Word podcast? And I just want to talk a little bit about uh, the apples and the chocolate. Do they make the chocolate here at the store, or do they bring it in? We they bring it in, and then we melt it, sort of, and then. Um make certain things with the chocolate but most of it is shipped in so from the manufacturer but we make all the caramel apples we make the dipped twinkies dipped rice krispie treats uh dipped strawberries um anything you want dipped in chocolate we can do or caramel (laughs) could you dip a snickers bar yeah, we, have, we actually have Snickers apples, me? yes, that, <laughs> okay. that are rolled but, in Snickers. But the chocolates that you have already that are out over here, those come this way already. They bring this chocolate that's ready, yes. I guess, right? So Both. the ones you do are basically dipping. Yes. So I see you've got a lot of, what kind of apples are those? Granny Smith's or what kind of yeah, apples? Yeah, we only, we only use Granny Smith apples. Okay. Um, we can't sell them individually. No, no, <laughs> like I, some people come on one of, <laughs> just an apple, but we can't, so... I Everything is got to have chocolate on it yes. and caramel. So do you go in caramel first and then chocolate or just chocolate or what? Uh, depends on if you want one with just chocolate. I mean, we don't make them regularly, but mm-hmm. um, we have sea salted chocolate ones and then regular chocolate. So it's caramel first and then dipped in our signature chocolate. So you've got both, both caramel and chocolate on these as yes. well. Yep. Okay. And wow. we also do uh, dipped frozen bananas and dipped frozen cheesecake, too, in milk chocolate. Wow. Yeah. Really? Okay, so you got frozen cheesecake back there that you dip. And they do those in the morning, and then once you're sold out, you're out, or do you make more? Uh, we don't make the cheesecake here. The cheesecake yeah. gets 
brought in. But the rest of the stuff, obviously, you're making all day long. Yeah. Uh, and, and then uh, uh, how many apples would you say that you go through in a day, roughly? Um, or in a week or whatever? Gosh, I don't even know. But per day, I probably do probably 30, 20, 30 just during the day. And then at night, they have their... We're really busy usually all the time. This is kind of a rare... Yeah, to catch you right now, I know. (laughs) Because we're constantly moving and making things and and stocking and run out right away. And then, Uh like some of our cheese, the cheesecake apples and the apple spice and the uh, Rocky Road apples go pretty quick, so... Usually there's two girls working, but today it's just me. So well, it's just you. Uh, well, I, I felt like I had my lunch yesterday, and I was healthy because I had an apple. It was all it was. I had the Snickers. Uh, it was really <laughs> good. And what I like also is that you cut the apples in as well. So. Yes, if you ask for it to be cut, we'll cut it for you. So I recommend that's this way that it's harder to kind of bite into the thing, but if you cut it, you can pick it up and with your fingers. It's nicer on your teeth, also. Yeah. yeah so you don't have to like bite down into it. But yeah. Yeah. Well, it's been great, and uh, I think it's delicious, and I recommend people to stop by. If you're at the Orleans, come by the Rocky Mountain Chocolate Factory. Sarah, thanks for your time. Nice talking to you. Thank you. <laughs> it's a pleasure. A that was Sarah. Scotty out. We just left the dealer's room and getting ready then for 2.15. Going to be hearing some of the focus groups, and I'm going to hear Chris Cox here shortly. Uh, but I thought we would have a chance to chat with someone who is a local native right now. And here he is. Uh, are you, I assume you're still living here right now. Rudy I, Kobe. Hey, Rudy. I am. Yeah, I live here. Yeah. I live uh, 10 minutes away. Okay. And um, so super close. But I mm-hmm. actually got a room for today and tomorrow, the last two days of convention. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, getting up there in years, it's, <laughs> it's a little bit. <laughs> when I had to be here at 10 a, on a Sunday. Yeah, it's a, it's a 10 a.m. to yeah. after midnight right. convention now. Right. And right. you don't want to miss the evening shows. You don't want to miss the first thing at 10 and the last right. thing is at 10 for me so that's right so yeah i was just like i'm not gonna it's it just it made no sense to, well i remember you were last time we talked when i was here well, it was last june and you were living with uh, uh this uh guy who uh, had that's right <laughs> i forgot his name can you tell the story what was his yeah name? Was brian a, zembeck okay. and he um he's he's very famous gambler and uh he's he's the subject of a book called the man with the hundred thousand dollar breasts but he's a he's he um he was part of a group that stole uh, money from uh, Bally's Casino, like oh. hustled, yeah. yeah. So, um, and he's one of the best card men in the world, best second deal, center deals, wow. like you can imagine. But I became an unlikely roommate of his, and um, and he um, knew Matt King and Jeff McBride, who I grew up with since yeah. I was a little kid. And uh, so we became roommates in this beautiful house he owned. He's Matt King's neighbor. Um, mm. So anyway, but I had no idea. He told me he was a magician, but I had no idea he was a guy who basically <laughs> someone bet him, uh, another gambler, that he wouldn't get fake breasts put in for $100,000, and this is 25 years ago or something. And, uh, and he did, got the $100,000, and he's kept them in since mm-hmm. then for an additional ten grand or twenty grand a year, and, uh, and it was just funny because I had no idea when I moved in with him. And um, but he's a character, you know what I mean? It's like people like you know Derek Delgadio and Jason yeah. England, and you know he's like legendary card handler. But um, yeah, so for, for about a year, um, Anna Rose Einerson and I mm-hmm. um, lived with him, and um, and he he's actually been in and out of the country, or you know doing right. who knows what. <laughs> he's literally Gambling Ocean's Eleven, yeah. yeah, Ocean's Eleven for real. And he, um, but it's fascinating because he um, is a world champion like um, backgammon player really? so he taught like people like David Blaine would come to him to learn how to yeah. play backgammon huh. and he would have like six games going a day at the house like uh, via computer online wow. coach the guy who won the world championships last year and he mm-hmm. was like world champion ping pong player to this day oh my god yeah so it's extraordinary yeah but um, yeah but now we 
So <laughs> we, now you moved. Yeah, we moved to a quieter place. <laughs> so who's your roommate from, now? You got somebody because you had Marilyn Manson before. I mean, you always I got did. somebody interesting. I always, yeah. And you know, it's really weird. Is uh, there's no reason for me to um, have need a, a roommate, right? Yeah, because yeah. I'm out of the country all the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, so I've always had kind of weird, you know, situations. And uh, yeah, so I was Marilyn Manson's roommate for about seven or eight years, and yeah. then Brian Zembeck, and I'm, yeah, so I'm living with Anna Rose Einerson, mm-hmm. and um, and um, actually someone sharing a house with a friend of mine. Paul Ebiger, he's uh, he created this uh, uh, act called the Quiddlers. You can go on link quiddlers.com, and they were in my. They've been in every show I've had for thirty years. A good friend of mine, mm-hmm. but they're um, w- they've been on America's Got Talent. So you see, like Michael Jackson or Elvis, like small. Yeah. They look like two foot two oh, foot versions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So he and he's an incredible costume designer. Did he work with Kevin James? He wasn't one of those. No, okay. no, no. This okay. is a fake midgets or okay. fake little people. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not that's the M word. I realize, yeah. <laughs> but uh, even though little people actually prefer <laughs> most of the time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, they have sense of humor. That's funny. But, that's yeah. Funny. Um, but anyway, so yeah, so but yeah, so we were driving back and forth after, and it was fine. It was just like even though it's just it's really close, it was like we must just stay here. So yeah. mostly to take naps when you're you know. 59. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about it. I'm a little bit older than that. Yeah. (laughs) I'd like to go up and, plus, I've been putting this podcast together, you know, so I don't have to stay up until four in the morning. If I'm going to stay up until four in the morning, I always hang out with the guys like you and just kind of, you know, talk around the bar, you know, or something. Well, the weird thing was, like, so we left here at midnight or 1230 the other night, and you don't want to kind of leave because everybody's here. You haven't seen people for years, and, you know, and they're heroes of mine. You know, I've seen Paul Harris lurking about, and I, I, you know, don't want to interrupt him, don't, you know, but I'm I'm a fanboy of his, you know, that it, he is just like Harry Anderson or, mm-hmm. or Paul Rubens, who recently passed away. Right. Literally, those three or four guys were the people that kind of made me their sense of my sense of humor. And um, so you don't want to leave, but um, you know. So I drove home, slept for an hour, and then woke up buzzing, you know, because you know <laughs> what I mean. I couldn't get back to sleep, kind yeah. of thing. So yeah, so it was just I was just like, even though ten minutes away, I was like, I need a room here just to crash. You yeah. Know? When I've uh, talked with Paul Harris aside and said, hey, can we record something on the podcast? He has had no interest. He's one really? Of, yeah, he's one of the like two guys who have ever said no. I really don't. Who were the other ones? Uh, Tim Wright, Skildini. Really? That's yeah. a weird one. It is. Because. He said, I'd rather live in ob- uh, obscurity. And he said, I'd rather live and die in obscurity. <laughs> Very odd, because he's just such a, seems to be a gregarious. He does. Like, um, you know, and, yeah. and also a guy who would be an ideal guest for this, you know. Mm-hmm. I would think so, yeah. you know, as well. But, uh, you know, when I talk with him, nope, yeah. those two guys. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. Strangely, yeah, it's, it's one of those weird things. It's like, I wonder know. if it's just like someone that Paul, I wonder if it's just one of those things where it's someone who he trusts, you know, someone coming up and saying, oh, you should oh, yeah. just do that. He's That's a good, right. you know, I think a lot of times it's like that. I don't know uh, Tim nor Paul. Yeah, uh, as well as like I know you obviously, but uh, you know other people that are. I mean, I like to talk with friends. And that's kind of what this whole podcast yeah. has always been about. And but I also like to talk with those who are acquaintances, and those are people who right. I have been acquaintances. In fact, I had tried to. Tim was interested in me booking his lecture tour a while back, mm. and uh, then not I, now. No, no, not <laughs> no now. just joking. No, no, because he was saying that he had so many. Uh, uh, I had so many cities lined up. He said, "Oh man, I don't want to be gone that long." Wow, so it's like he's right, going to do a few. Right. Like uh, yeah, it's all or none kind of a thing. Yeah, well, Paul Harris, I kind of believe because he's an enigma. You know what I mean? It, yeah, I mean he. D- probably doesn't have a, an ID card, you know what I mean, <laughs> <Well, laughs> or an address. Good point, good you point. Know. Yeah, nor an address. 
Oh, really good seeing you. Yeah, and, good seeing uh, you. And I just wanted to say to everyone, um, we lost Dan Garrett this week, yeah, which is uh, a bummer. But um, you know, talk about living with people. You live with Dan. For, I in, live with. That's a really weird. Time. I live with Dan yeah. Garrett for like eight eight months, and um, you know, it's always weird. To, like, I mean, just such. That's a kind shock. of when you got started, really. Imagine. Really, I guess, yeah, yeah. Um, Dan you was developed a, your leg act. And everything yeah, that's now? right. Well, I didn't really develop there. I had the, I had it, but um, he was the first one that videotaped it, uh-huh. and um, with his cat, literally uh, Merlin, going uh-huh. between my legs. And that was the the one we sent into the World Magic Summer and changed my life. Mm-hmm. And um, and then when that their, their cat died, I actually uh, they had when they got the new cat to replace named Rudy. So I was very proud That's of that. Right. Yeah. And um, the only bad thing was that my diet coke obsession started with the Garretts. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Well, because you're in Atlanta, and that's where the Coke is. Yeah, but Coke Diet Coke. It was like it was yeah. just like, you know, it just <laughs> tasted like poison to me. But then you yeah. live with them, and but uh, so that would probably be the thing that kills me. Well, when I saw that in memoriam yesterday, and they were going through Max Maven, and, uh, and they included Dan Garrett, it just brought tears to my no, eyes. No, me too. Know? And and it was just really emotional. weird. And, yes, exactly. And uh, I mean, and in closing with Milt, it's very emotional. But the other person who I, a, a year to the day when Dan Garrett died was uh, my. My literally my best friend Bob Self, Self yeah. yeah, and um, and it was great to see him recognized because they only had maybe ten or twelve right. people right. in the in more. It wasn't everybody. It was really like Max Maven and you know people like that. And, and to see it was Bob and then Dan Garrett and Milt all in a row. And it's just yeah, like you realize me. how much we've yeah. lost, but you know. yeah, we have certainly. Yeah. Well, hope that you and I are around you. for many more decades. Absolutely, <laughs> we will be. We're openly gray, so openly gray. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> so for the Magic Word Podcast, as Rudy Kobe, Scotty out. Well, we are just uh, in the room right now and getting ready for the person who's going to be giving us a uh, talk, and he's got like about 10 minutes, so we're going to take a few minutes of his time. Here he is all the way from England, Chris Cox. Hey, Chris. Hello. <laughs> very good job last night. That was very fun. Thank you. Really you. Always were you, as everyone has to ask, were you at the first or second show? <laughs> I was at the 7 o'clock show. 7 o'clock show was, was fine. I think yeah. it was solid. Um, that was the guy that kept saying, he was jacking with you. So yes, like, yeah, he was fun. Like, he was sort of, yeah, he was a really fun guy. Um, second show was the better show, and I'll tell you why. It's because I was a bit nervous in the first show so it was like a by the numbers solid version of the routine but the second show I realized that oh yeah I don't care Mm-hmm. And at the point where, I mean, I obviously care inherently, but if I don't care, then I relax and have fun, and therefore it was much more fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but it always feels bad to people in the first show going, hey, you should have been in the second. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was fun. Yeah, that's right. No, I thought it was fun, and the way that you were handling it, because you were telling the guy, say, uh, yes, Chris, and he would yeah. not say I Chris. Mean, that's would... <laughs> the brilliance of, like, there's nothing I said last night that I haven't said before. Uh-huh. And like, I now try, and this is the thing I learned from years of working with David Williamson and watching him do Rocky Raccoon. It's like, I try to engineer chaos, because the routine is bulletproofish. Unless yes. I really yeah. screw up, it should sure. always work. So if I, like, all of that stuff, I'd say if I can push more down, like, mm-hmm. those things and highlight that, it, A, seems like more of a miracle when it works, mm-hmm. and B, it just is more fun for everyone because it's about being in the moment and reacting to that. Well, you've got a good role model there, of course, with Dave Williamson. Yeah. I mean, because he is the, one the master. Who, he is. He's got his tricks down solid, and the presentation is, is the rest that he kind of put around yeah. and just kind of riff with the audience. Yeah, that's it. That's the way I think the work always should be, particularly mentalism, because mentalism is pretty easy. Yeah. And, like, it's not, but it's like... And, <laughs> You're not having to spend hours doing slides every day. It's like, put the effort in the presentation. Well, in working with the illusionists, they uh, shut down, obviously, during COVID. I think that whenever I saw in Houston, when they were yes, coming through, that was kind of like the closed. last one in yeah. 2020. 
in yeah, March, I think it was. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and then you went back, and did you pick back up? You doing the yeah, we did. Uh, so? We did tour at the end of last year, a holiday tour. And there's another U.S. holiday tour happening at the end mm-hmm. of this year. Um, so hopefully uh, people will get to see that, and they might see me. They might see Wes, who's the alternate me. So they might okay. see him doing the act. Um, but they'll probably be well, one of us will be there. And well, Wes is uh, mentalism then too. Yes. Yeah, so Wes is uh, Wes Matheson's out of Chicago. He's a brilliant mentalist, a magician, um, and uh, I needed to find someone who could do my act when I mm-hmm. couldn't do my act. And we auditioned lots of people, and Wes was amazing. And we find so he does. He doesn't do me. He does him, but he does his version of me. Okay. And the act. So it was yeah, quite an interesting process breaking. So he still has an awesome powers kind of a vibe. Yeah, still got really? a vibe. He's American, okay. like he's much more attractive than me. So we had to make him <laughs> different jokes. Um, but yeah, like there he's we give him some glasses, but it's that thing of like we find his we bring out the geeky of him and his side of him and then hit Well, uh, One of your uh, things as a hallmark, it seemed like of course you were uh, licking people's fingers and yeah. everything and still so, doing it. So <laughs> still doing it. Stop for thinking. a bit. We had a little break. I did a run in the West End in London during the middle of the pandemic mm-hmm. and I didn't do the licky stuff them yeah. uh, since then i bought it back okay i got the jab i've got double vaccination i should be fine yeah well i thought you've not had covid um not to my knowledge i'm okay. sure probably i did early in fact we're pretty sure we all had covid in during the tour hmm. in like early 2020 but you didn't take but, the test well, no because it was pre like it was sort of that early stage oh, of before like you even knew yeah it, it was like cold. yeah it was yeah. So basically it was like oh we've all got we're all a bit chesty we've got coughs we're tired we've got mm-hmm. sore throats those symptoms covid but also the symptoms of being on tour it's the exact same you're like, oh yeah i'm just on yeah, tour because yeah. you're in air conditioning yeah the i'm tired i'm sleeping on a bus yeah, yeah exactly that yeah right, right. yeah now uh, your talk then today is going to be about what it is uh, the official title is five easy steps to star on broadway plus 184 much more difficult ones um <laughs> but in essence i talk about my journey into finding who i am as a performer and to about the creative process and the things you can do to get yourselves to the next level of whatever you want to do but mainly focus about like i find mentalism inherently boring mm-hmm. so it's like how you can make those things interesting and how you can think different creatively and hopefully me explaining my journey and telling you some stories which I never share anywhere and talk about stuff I never like these have all been quite I've been quite loose lipped if people have questions I'm quite free to mm-hmm. answer them all um, but hopefully you learn from the things I talk about and it will make everyone just up their game a little bit and so the idea is that they can find stardom also basically yeah or like whatever level it is you want to be at it's right. about you finding those things like here are the things that have got me to where I are where I are where I am and yeah. I think a lot of people don't think about those things and it's been like oh well have you considered what you're going to do when it goes wrong right it's going to go wrong yeah. And I have four things that will, that I do when it goes wrong. And if that one goes wrong, there's another one and another one. Stuff like that and talking through those processes. Backup for backup redundancies, yeah. basically. Exactly that. Why do you think that uh, Darren Brown is so successful? Oh, he's the best there is. And I yeah. think I mean, it's he's partly, not funny like you. I mean, he's a completely, no, completely different, different. Like, uh, do a, uh, There's a big part of this talk about how I had a thing with Darren and it made me create my version of mentalism, which is as far removed from his as possible. And I'm lucky to call him a friend and he's amazing. And I think one of the reasons he's amazing is, A, he as a performer is a powerhouse. There's no one like him. Mm-hmm. But also he surrounds himself with the right people. That's true. And I talk about this in, in this, you know, there's my act went from being an Edinburgh Fringe act to an act which plays 2,000 seats at theatres. And I can put that down to spending a substantial amount of money on bringing Andy Nyman in for a couple of days consulting and that idea of like pay experts to help you get better it was one of the most expensive days of my life and I've been to Disneyland um, but uh, it was also uh, worth every penny so I think it's he, it's, he is a Darren is a master and would be incredible on his own but when you surround yourself with people who help make you better I think that's the secret yeah, yeah with Andy by his side I yeah, mean, he's Andy got... and Andrew and all of that team and mm-hmm. you know like when he does a show he brings on directors brings on designers all of that right Yeah. Right. well I'm anxious to hear that I, it looks like 
like we probably got about three minutes before there's barely a seat to... left scott look they're fighting to get it it's quite good so don't tell anyone <laughs> but it sounds good chris thanks very much <laughs> thank you so scott. the magic word podcast that was chris Cox. scotty out